Sure, why not? I am the token black guy. I'm just supposed to smile, stay out of the conversation, and say things like, damn, shit, and that yeah. is whack. Feel like Danny Ocean. Yeah. Back in my city, first thing I did was hit the cemetery. Y'all talk to my niggas, pull me out some liquor tears shed. In my head, I'm really ready. I ain't worried about nobody's enemies. Got the trusty dusty on me if it's heavy. Got a plan like Eddie, getting plenty fatty. And I still serve, serve. Ben and Jerry got these bitches served, turf. What is levies? Now she looking for love like it's February. You could check my first work, very scary. Always legendary, never secondary to the game I'm married. I gave all my heart to the money, cause the paper never paid. Hope they don't forget me when I'm gone When I do, I hope hella heaven got some henny I heard so-and-so, I got pop You know down the block, niggas got the drop When the cops pull up the talk and stop You know shit is hot, niggas getting caught Drugs in abundance, the canines bark But you can't arrest everyone in the park Move with some wisdom, the young and smart That's why I can survive out here after dark I don't fuck with you, you niggas marks Word around town, you work with the knocks when the pound hit, I just make a spark Hoping that my sound get me onto the charts Used to take trips to hit a zone No, I really take trips, I'm far from home I am not broke, you got brittle bones If you get into it, you are not alone My life is moving like 500 horses Think I'm addicted to riding in Porsches I never stop in my business in motion Out for the big score like I'm Danny Ocean My life is moving like 500 horses Think I'm addicted to riding in Porsches I never stop in my business in motion Out for the big score like I'm Danny Ocean My life is moving like 500 horses Think I'm addicted to riding in Porsches I never stop in my business in motion Out for the big score like I'm Danny Ocean My life is moving like 500 horses Think I'm addicted Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 52 of Your Black Friends. I'm Martin Weiss, joined here, as always, with my man, Eric Vincent. What's happening, y'all? We still got the Amber Alert out for Camille, but... Nobody's answered the call yet. She's curving us like we're trying to get on or something. For real, man. What's <laughs> up with that? But we do have a very special guest here today. Our first international listener. Somebody who came up to me and was like, yo, Martin. I listen to your podcast, and I was like, wait, people listen? Cameron Thomas Shaw. Welcome, dog. West What's Bloomfield's going on? finest. What's, What's going on? What's going on? International YBS. jet setter. <laughs> That's real, though, because people be like, I to bring other podcasts, but oh, yeah, like they'll get the name wrong and shit. He came in here, he was like, yo, I religiously listen every week, man. That's heavy. I do. We appreciate you, dog. Do. I'm happy you're here today. Man, I'm happy to be here. Um, I mean, when you're overseas, so just if you don't know... Um, my name is Cameron. Uh, I'm from West Bloomfield, like uh, Martin mentioned, and uh, we went to high school together. Actually, he was one of the black friends, like in high school. Like <laughs> people, people who don't know, like the background. The reason we named you your black friends is because uh, you know Eric and I grew up around a ton of white people, and so a lot of times like, you would be at, like forced to speak for the black perspective. Absolutely, like you would be the only black kid in your class, mm -hmm. or you'd be one of two black kids <laughs> in your class, and Cameron was one of Two black people in his classes <laughs> in high school, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh my gosh. I just left up there, too. Wasn't... I mean, I was, my school was mad diverse. When I, Whenever I went to uh, West Bloomfield and shit, I thought it was a lot of black people up in that school. There were. There they were a lot of black people. With us. They just weren't in oh. class with us. <laughs> <laughs> you just saw it from afar. Like, I see you at lunch, yeah, all right. I'll catch you at sea lunch, bro. I'll catch you on the way out. Uh, there was a ton of black people, but like Cameron and I took AP classes, honors classes, and... Mm -hmm. uh, 
We were uh, the few and the proud. Yeah, man. That's what's up, man. The blacks. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So give people a little background about yourself. You say you went to West Bloomfield. Yeah, I went to West Bloomfield. uh, Morehouse for undergrad. um, Johns Hopkins for grad school. Now I'm a U.S. diplomat, so I work for the U.S. State Department. So that's the the international thing is um, I've been serving the last two years overseas in uh, Vietnam and the embassies. And... uh, yeah, basically my job is to represent the United States for foreign, to foreign governments and to foreign people. It's great. I really love it. Uh, and actually, it's good to be on YBF because uh, the, the State Department is looking to have more diverse uh, diplomats come on board. So mm. maybe some of your listeners might be interested in becoming a diplomat, being uh, joining the Foreign Service. Most people think I'm in the military. I'm not in any means. Right. People here in Vietnam, that's the first thing they yeah. think about. Yeah. So I uh, definitely uh, encourage folks to check out... Uh, Dang, I'm about to do a I'm about to do a plug for the for the government. Oh man, careers state. Right, right. Uh, careers.state.gov and just check out uh, all those jobs we have because um, there's been a lot out, man. We just we we want a more uh, diverse face to to what the United States is to foreigners abroad, man. They they look at me and they say, okay, you might be American, but you know somebody that's maybe Asian American or Latin American or something like that or Latino American rather. They look at you and they're like, well. We don't know if you're really American. They just they look at they expect blonde blonde hair and blue eyes. Right. Yeah. Right. That's the public but, perception. Yeah. Of course. Despite whether or not you have Obama, which is whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, man, it's great. So how long were you in Vietnam for? I was there for two years, man. And then during that two years, I traveled all over Southeast Asia for fun. But my primary job in Vietnam was to uh, do consular work. So uh, in my job, my responsibility was talking to Vietnamese people who want to come to the United States to study. So a lot of y'all, you know, especially like in college, you guys had international students. You know, funny enough, remember yeah. I told you I was going back through my old tweets? Yeah. My sweet mate's name was Chan. I don't Chan. know if that was his actual name, but that's what he like <laughs> went by. Because, you, know, you know, people like who come, a lot of people who come from different countries will have a... A name that's easier for Americans to pronounce. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he went by Chan. Uh-huh. And I saw, like, I was tweeting about him back in 2009. Because I was deleting, like, was, that, was that when the tweets you had to tweets. delete? Good idea. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Chan might be a, a foreign minister or something now. Who knows? He might be. But yeah, man, for like, just for international, uh, like, foreigners trying to come to the United States, you know, they talked to me. Uh, I had to make sure that they were all on the up and up in immigration law or even Americans overseas. So, like, when you guys finally decided to visit me in my next tour in Honduras, and you guys do YBF Central America, you got you register with the embassy through the YBF step program. YBF down south, Dog. yeah, man. <laughs> Live broadcast and shit, that'd you, be heavy. Yeah, you hear it now. This is the invite. <laughs> this is the official invite for YBF to to broadcast from uh, from Honduras when I get there next I'm year, with next it. summer. I'm with it. Uh, yeah. I already, I think I already asked you this, but I forgot. Is Tegucigalpa on a? Does it have water nearby? Like, is it, can I go on a beach in, Te- in Honduras? No, no, you can't. But Shout out for you for knowing the capital of Honduras, though. Hey, because bro, a lot of I'm people a worldly nigga, bro. You speak some Spanish too, right? Un poquito, mi amigo. Oh, see, <laughs> hermano. Look at this, very dude. good. Yeah, but you know, there's um, Roatan, which is like an island on the north, and I don't know if you heard. I think his name is Doctor Cebu. You ever heard of Doctor Cebu? So he does his holistic medicine. So remember, Left Eye, Left Eye died in Honduras. Yeah, mm. and she was going out to visit Doctor Cebu, and he has like these holistic medicines. He's a Caribbean dude. And he has like all these like you know cures. He has the cure all. He says he can cure cancer. He can cure HIV. He died this year, mm-hmm. but he's like the why a lot of folks in the U.S. and our communities know Honduras uh, because of Dr. Cebu. 
Yeah. So also, fun fact. It's also, fun what fact. was the other, what was the murder rate there? It was like the highest in the country per capita. I think it has the highest. The highest in the world. Wow. Per capita. Maybe in the Western Hemisphere. Western Hemisphere. Yeah, but it's getting better. There was a there was an article out in the New York Times about how it's getting a lot better because of what we're doing. The U.S. Mm. government is doing down there. That's what's up. Are they? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, you said you you just got back from uh, from Vietnam. How long ago? Uh, I've been back for a little bit less than a month. I'm always interested to know, like, what's the public perception of America out there? You know, it, in Vietnam. It's, 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 I'm sure they follow, correct? Yeah, yeah. it's overwhelmingly positive. Uh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, ain't shit positive over here from what we're looking at. Yeah. As no, we know. Well, that's the you know that's the difference, right? Is that over there they see uh, our culture, they love our culture, they love the people, they they meet Americans, they love it. I mean, and it's it's English. English is a large driver, mm-hmm. right? Because they get a lot of English speakers over there, English teachers. And that's the way the wor- the way of the world is to learn English in order to basically have your come up. Because English is the international language of business, right? It is. It yeah. is. So if you know English, you you could pretty much do business anywhere in the world. So True. we sh- so we're good. We are right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they love they love the music. I get a actually I did a um did a program about Black Lives Matter there because you know it's not so rosy for us, and sometimes you know we as diplomats have to represent the United States and talk about issues that are kind of difficult, especially if you're from like minority communities. And the best way to deal with that is to introduce it to foreign foreign people and to get, kind of get their feedback about it. And that's mm-hmm. what I did. Um, and you get some crazy questions. They're like, or, you know, they don't really meet a lot of African-Americans, a lot of black people. The black people they do meet are usually West African. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they probably meet a lot of black people, but they, not from yeah, America yeah. or from the United States. Exactly yeah. right. And their, their perception of us is, it was negative, it's mixed. But a lot of people are just like, oh man, I love Obama, I love Usher, I love, you know, like Snoop Dogg and Usher Michael Jackson. Usher the first drop. Yeah. <laughs> but then, like, if they, like, a lot of the racism I've experienced overseas was because of what, well, based on the experience they had from a West African, mm. um, which is, I mean, it was not, it's not great, but you know, what I'm saying I'm not West African, right? Right. So I have to introduce you to about American. So like an Nigerian dude did them wrong, and yeah. then yeah, just fucked it up for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah. I, I've, I've never really thought about going to places like Vietnam before, but I'm like actively interested in going to Honduras. I mean, consider that a lot of people are not traveling to these places. People that look like us, they're not traveling to these places. No. In mass, at least. Teaching English. There was a group, we put together a group in uh, Ho Chi Minh City called Blacks in Saigon. It was a big, big group of uh, like black Americans and some Canadians. And we all used to go out, eat, chop it up, have a good time. Mm-hmm. And uh, share experiences, and so I encourage you and the listeners, why be of listeners, just travel, man. And here's another plug for the government: if you do travel, <laughs> register with the embassy at step.state.gov. It's the smart travel enrollment program. So if anything goes down, like kind of civil unrest or an earthquake or a natural disaster, you get a text or an email. So that's something to make sure that you're protected. It's like, yeah, where, wherever we are, wherever we are, you're going to be protected to a certain degree. So. That's like, I was thinking about that. It was, it was in, in Egypt, mm-hmm. what was it, last year, the year before, mm-hmm. where there was like active like shit going down. Yeah. And they were talking about how Americans were stuck in Egypt because like they, the airports were shut down or, and shit like that. Yeah. But like, so that would like give you a heads up. Like, hey, bro, you might want to leave now yeah. instead mm-hmm. of like two days from now. Yeah. And then, and then not even more, like it used to be, that sometimes diplomats would know a little earlier, but now we have to like let everybody know, like, hey, it may be time to go. Just how they're evacuating down right now with the hurricane. In Florida, yeah. It'll be the same thing in Egypt. Hey, we advise everybody to leave. 
don't go to North Korea, you know, things like that. So that's what it is, man. How far is Vietnam from North Korea? Is that like it's probably like a seven hour flight? Oh, so that's pretty that's seven, pretty eight deep. Hour flight. That's yeah. still yeah. deep. Yeah. Asia's pretty spread out more than you think. Yeah. It's a lot of water over there. It is a lot of water. <laughs> a lot of water. But Cam Cam took me golfing yesterday. Was it yesterday? Two days ago. Are you not a golfer? Not a golfer at all. I have clubs, but I don't. I'm not a golfer at all. No, uh, the the best shot I hit was the was my last shot, and you know they say you're only as good as your last shot. So I'm basically Tiger Woods. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but uh, I don't know what was it like. Where'd y'all play it? Put I don't know somewhere in Southfield. We play Evergreen Hills. Great clubs. Yeah, I like it over there. I like it too. Yeah. The only I I was just like, oh, this nigga Cam is taking me to the camp to the courthouse. <laughs> 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 well, I know where the courthouse is. All you have to do is say the Forty Eighth District. I know how to get there. Martin, Martin was like, I do not have great memories from this area. <laughs> <laughs> like, Wait a minute. PTSD. I don't normally like, I don't normally go to the police station on purpose. <laughs> nah, but, but Martin had we got a par last hole because of Martin. I think that was the best hole too. We were terrible. That's your first time played. No, it wasn't his first time. Yeah, but no, I, it took me like a year to get my first first fucking par. Are you serious? I say it was my first time playing as a uh, shit fifteen years. Shit, and I'm only twenty seven. <laughs> like, Isn't that crazy? You've been doing something for fifteen years. Yo, I've been thinking about that. Like when you think back to like third grade, yeah. that was twenty years ago. Yeah, that's scary, We're bro. Not as young as we think we are. Like your second grade memories were twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. I like, think I think last week y'all talked about teachers, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. T- and I just, I just visited my my high school, and I was like asking my teacher, I was like, "How old were you when you were teaching me?" And they were like, 25, 26. I was like, "Dang." <sighs> That's what I was. I was thinking just yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. I know people who are. Tw- or, uh, listen, last week, I know people who are 25, 26, 27, smoking mad weed, doing drugs, drinking, and then on Monday they just pop up in school. Like, yep. hey, what's up, Mister Smith? Like, did you do your homework? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you remember all in high school, it took all that time to get your test graded and shit? Mm. Now you now know. Now know why. Now you know. Gosh. The teacher was probably out thotting Friday and <laughs> Saturday night. Eric, everybody at, everybody at the high school was asking about Martin. Everybody. For real? He the man out there now? Yes. Wow. Listen, it's not something I like to brag about, but in high school, I was the man, homie. But you know the next <laughs> line. Fuck that, that. Yeah, ex- Exactly. So that's why, I don't, that's why I don't bring it up often. <laughs> That's heavy though. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I was on the announcements in high school. So like it was kind of like an ambassadorial position between the blacks and the administration. Mm-hmm. There was always one black person on the announcements. You who was on the announcements? Morgan Peterson? Yes. And then Badarin, was his name? Uh yeah, Badarin Payne. Badarin Payne? Yeah. And then I don't that was that was my first year after that. I don't remember anybody else. I never thought of that. Wow. Yeah. But there was like it's like an unspoken rule. There's two white people, a minority of some sort, mm-hmm. and then a black person. Cause like, and it was all. But it really was like, like my friend Lawrence, rest in peace. When he would get in trouble with something, they would call me into the office, <laughs> and it'd be like, "Yo, what is Lawrence doing?" And I'd be like, "Yo, I don't know nothing about what Lawrence doing." You his lawyer? No, but I would actively know what he did. But I'd be like, "I, I don't." <laughs> I don't know nothing about what Lawrence is doing. They'd be like, well, we're hearing rumblings of the Chaldeans and the black people. They're starting to get into a fight. What's the situation? all the time. And I'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I don't really know. But then I'd go back to my friends and be like, all right, bro, y'all y'all got to dead it for a while because they're on to you. you know black is hot. Seriously, though. But seriously, though. <laughs> Told Mr. It down, Pryor yeah. would pull me into I got pulled into the office my senior year of high school no less than 20 times, and I never was in trouble. 
it was always speaking on behalf of somebody else. Yes, it was always like, yo. So, so you was like the snitch, low key. I, but I wasn't snitching, though. But they wanted you to snitch. They Just would, the fact they felt comfortable enough to ask you. They would, no, really what it would be a like. a person of interest. Right. <laughs> they would come to me and be like, is this going to be something bigger than it is? And if it was, I'd be like, this shit might get real this weekend. <laughs> Bro, we're 16 and 17. How big could it be? But I mean... Shit. Bro, you know some of the niggas that we knew in high school, though. Like, speaking of like high school, I was talking... I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast, but like, when I was in high school, if somebody brought a gun to school, somebody that I knew brought a gun to school, there would be no worry about them shooting the school up. Like, Were there people that brought guns to school? Yeah, dude. I saw AK. I saw AK forty seven in the parking lot of West Bloomfield. What, what the fuck? You, you I'm sure. I'm, so, I'm shocked. Actually, you somebody don't... pulled a gun on me one time. I'm walking sure. home on the bus. Really? Yeah. Hell no. But I thought it was a play gun, and for my whole life, I've probably been in denial. I'm so. I'm <laughs> shocked that you don't know who did this. Hold on a second. That's why I'm gonna pause this so I can tell you who did it, and not for fear of repercussion. Yeah, we don't. So yeah, so that was who used to bring Whoa. guns to school, <laughs> but. Cause you know me, I'm the type. Of, I'm the type of nigga. I will, I will pull your card if you're talking wild reckless. So he was like, "Man, these niggas out here trying me. Man, I got the cane in the trunk." I'm like, "Oh, you got the cane in the trunk?" I'm like, "He's like, yeah, bro. I'm from Detroit." I'm like, "Nigga, this is West West Bloomfield. <laughs> hey, we shit, popping off here, bro. We are far from Detroit. Yes." And he'd be like, "I'd be like, all right, then show me." To his credit, the next day after school, he went. Popped the truck of his Ford Escort, late model, whatever. <laughs> and opening, I was like, I was like, wow, that looks like Call of Duty. AK, we had wild bomb threats at North Farmington. Niggas, it was like every every other month we had a bomb threat. We would stay at the school. church and evacuate the school, or maybe just go home. I can't remember one nigga bringing a gun though. We had a bomb threat my first day on the announcements. It was a bomb threat that day, and I went to school because. I wanted to do the announcements. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, West Bloomfield High School. I'm Martin with your morning announcements. The track team starts at 3.30 today. <laughs> the debate team will not be meeting per Mr. Thurston. <laughs> None of those people are in, none of those people are there anymore. So sad. Yeah, they had a lot of cutbacks. Yo, but. were you there when... Uh, Somebody slashed all of the school bus tires. That was my senior year. Oh, shit. <laughs> that was my senior year. See, like, I knew who did that. I know who did that. But it's like, I got called into the office, and I was like, yo, we had nothing to do with that, because it was white people. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I know that. I remember That's not that. something we do. That's fine. That's I, knew, fine. I knew that we weren't going to have school at 3 o'clock that, that, the day before. I was like, yo, we're, we're going to slash the tires on the bus. You want to come? Nah, man, I'm cool. <laughs> like y'all got that? That's crazy. Like sometimes white people really be doing some wild shit at school. Like white people used to break into the big house all the time. Like it was like all the time. I didn't know it was a thing all the time until like my senior year when I was hanging out with some friends from New York. Shout out to Andrew and, and Kraz. But um, they're like, dude, you want to go? Let's go to the big house. Like, bro, it's four o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Let's go to the big house after for what? Friday night. Like to the stadium at University of Michigan? Yes. The fuck? Just to go. What y'all doing? Why? Was there someone playing? Was there a midnight game? Was it? No, no, no. <laughs> you, you would like hop the fence and go and like be on the field and, and run just around. Chill. Nah, not at four in the morning. Nah, man. I'm all the way. Can you just ask somebody <laughs> to do that during the day? Right. <laughs> no, nah, it's not really like a, a place that you have access to or unless you have a ticket. Like <laughs> you can't like. I w- there's different ways you can get down there. Like I've been on the I've been on the field before, but uh-huh. it was with it was with uh it was with my job. Right, okay. It wasn't no four in the morning shit. Yeah, no. Nah. Are the lights on? 
No. That's that doesn't that's seem like worse. a good idea. Right. Yeah. Okay. But, I yeah, mean, I think you're pointing sitting, out the difference. We're yeah. sitting around here, you know, <laughs> three black guys. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea. We're all on the same page. Yeah, we all are in agreement. But like, yeah, I couldn't. I wasn't. I uh-uh. wasn't with the shits. Like, no. I'm sorry. I don't need that snuck on the big house picture. Mm-mm. But uh, is a picture wall of shame? Nah, I mean, I took a picture on the on the ground oh, okay. there uh, when Michigan beat Ohio State. The only time that Michigan beat Ohio State, my undergrad career, I stormed the field. Okay. And really, I wasn't even gonna do that. But Donovan <laughs> was like, "Shout out to Don." Shot Donovan was like, uh, "Bro, let's storm the field. Let's storm the field." Yo, Don was a Howard, so he didn't. Don get Don Boss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a wild <laughs> throwback. His rap name in high school was Don Boss. Don Boss. Don yeah, Boss. Heck you, dog. So when he comes Don out, Don no seriously, when he comes out around here, people see us like, he'd be like Don Boss, what up? <laughs> Dead ass. We so we gonna get him back school. on the. Uh, we'll get him back on. That's how you trope. What's up? Nah, when when he comes back on the podcast next time he comes. Oh yeah, hey, Don Boss. Don Boss, yeah. welcome to the show. Welcome back. Nah, for real though. I was kicking it with him last week in L.A. Man, was... I'll be out there next week. And so Don, you know, he went to Howard and shit. So they didn't have like, I mean, they have football, but who gives a shit? Black colleges. Yeah, but um, so he's like, "Yo, let's turn the field. Let's turn the field." I'm like. Just because we at a white school, <laughs> like, you kind of you you kind of bugging, but then after there was like over 150 people down there, I was like, all right, we can risk it. <laughs> so we jumped, and then I took a picture like laying down on the grass on top of the M. But like there was people like smoking weed down there. I'm like, y'all crazy, y'all crazy, y'all crazy. Nah, wasn't like de- isn't it like decriminalized? Isn't it like a Big like weed festival in Ann Arbor. There is. Oh it's yes. called Hash Bash. Hash Bash. I still need to make my appearance. You know what though? People who go to Hash Bash are lames. Why? Because at least when I was in college, there were certain groups of people in relation to the weed. There's some people who smoke like every day. There's some people who like so like it wasn't like a big deal. And there were other people who were like, Oh, it's Hash Bash, I'm about to go get Wildstone, dude. What's up? You do that every day anyway. That's what I'm saying. So, but <laughs> exactly. So it was like, <laughs> but and then like, but you could like walk around with it and shit. Like it's cop. From what I've heard, it was described. It's decriminalized. That day, yeah. It's decriminalized in Ann Arbor, but the University of Michigan is considered. It's not considered. It's considered Ann Arbor still. Uh-huh. But in terms of law, it's state law, not city law. So like, if let's say for example. You get, let's say, for example, you're, you have a gram of weed and you're on, you know, Main Street, which is blocks away from campus. You would get that ticket. But if you had that same gram of weed on campus, you, you're now, if you get caught with that, you're subjected to the state law, not the city law. Because University of Michigan is, governed by, is state, governed by the state. The regents, yeah. Yeah. So, yes and no. You have to be con- con- uh, cognizant of where you are, especially yeah. in Ann Arbor, because Michigan is in a, it's a city campus. Well, not a city campus like NYU, but you know it's a city campus yeah. where it's a college town. You might be on yeah. campus, like if you're on State and Liberty on one side of the street, you're on campus, and if you're on State and Liberty on the other side, you're not. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like Michigan State where like you know when you're on campus, you know when you're off campus. So you have to be cognizant of the two. I've only been up to Ann Arbor two times. Me too. I ain't been out there yeah, too much. Really Always that. a good time, though. I fuck with Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor's a nice place. I've been a lot of places, and I can actively say there's no real place like Ann Arbor anywhere else. Yeah, y'all got white boys and trees and shit <laughs> leaving Rick's. 
Like, what? yeah, like Ann Arbor's a wild ass place. I went the first time I went to Ann Arbor, and we went to Ricks and some other fucking place out there. I can't remember. You probably went to Charlie's and then to Ricks. So most I people can't do. remember probably. But we went out there and it was like three or four white dudes, like big ass tree, uh, like on the downtown area. They was jumping out of trees, like falling, and going right back up and jumping out of the trees again. Like Ann Arbor's one of the wildest places I've seen in a minute. Were they we- students? Because like, this is like I hope like so. Because if y'all like thirty school, years like, old doing that shit, <laughs> bro, most of the get people, your priorities lined. Most up. of the people in that area are students. Mm-hmm. I'll be there two weeks from now. What's homecoming. Going on, what you doing over here, man? What am I doing? <laughs> I ain't doing that shit. <laughs> Rick, you know the song I found love in a hopeless place. Shit. That song was written for Ricks. Ricks is the most hopeless place in the world. It's disgusting. It's nasty. And if, if you're gonna have a one night stand, it's probably coming out of Ricks. For That's your fair. listeners, what is what is Rick's at a bar? Yeah, it's a bar. Okay, there's a Rick's in East Lansing as well. I've been to that one as well. But it's it's yeah. it's a different world. Rick's in Ann Arbor is gross, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> you'd have to, I would. There's no way as a 27 year old I'd be at Rick's <laughs> right mm-hmm. now. Not a single way. I'm trying to go to Rick's right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rick's is gross, dude. Rick's American Cafe. Oh, delicious. Yeah. That means they got burgers. <laughs> they don't have any type of food, bro. <laughs> they <have> food? <laughs> if nah. they do, if they do, I would never order food from Rick. All right, we ain't going to Rick's then. See, the way you gotta the way you gotta do it, you gotta go to Charlie's first, get some food, which is right across the street. You go to Charlie's first, get some food, and get depending on what you're trying to do that night, typically if you were me, you were trying to get wildly drunk. So you get a fishbowl at Charlie's. Which is like a 64-ounce mason jar. I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> a 64-ounce mason jar full of all types of fun stuff. And then... Fun stuff. <laughs> see, what you got You got stamped at Rick's first. Then you go to Charlie's. And you go back to Rick's at like, I don't know, like 11.30 before the line starts wrapping around the corner. And then you go in there and you, you're, you're already like falling over yourself. You know, try not to fall down the stairs. And you go and you dance and sweat all that shit out. But like And you cuff some and you done. I tried to. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last week I was talking about talking about how I never had anything significant with a white girl. All the white girls I met were at Rick's. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to shoot your shot. Martin, last last week you talked about oh, yeah. Wait a second. We have an update. <laughs> like, She's white girl who curved me. Yeah. Has since added me on Facebook. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. She's won't getting leave me real. Alone. She won't leave me alone. <laughs> did you did you confirm her friend request? I did. Nice. I added her as a friend. Nice. So she did not follow you, or she didn't follow you, but you got the Facebook ad. Oh, that people you may know shit is wildly creepy, bro. It is. Like the people you may know on yeah. Facebook, that shit is creepy. It's like I don't know her. I, like well, I'm about to check her profile. Right. Though. <laughs> I'm gonna click on Right. I'm gonna see what's happening. Click on her page. Like she's kind of bad. But then the, the trouble I'll be running into, I don't know if this is the same for everybody else, but I click on somebody's page, and then like three pictures in, it's like their prom pictures. Mm. Or it's, it's like us. right. Yeah. <laughs> like oh, you are twenty. <laughs> You're a freshman you know, in college. Uh, I wasn't even thinking that. I was thinking maybe like it's a catfish. No catfishing? Oh, there's Definitely tons catfish. of those. Yeah. Hella catfish. Like those white women with big chests and blue eyes and blonde hair that just like, oh, I'd like to be your friend on Facebook. We have two mutual friends in common and the one mutual friend is a wild scumbag. Who right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously though, like there's always like one or two guys. You're like, oh, so you accepted this friendship, didn't you? This person who's yeah. never who was born in 1994 and hasn't right. posted since. Mm-mm. All right, bud, you got it, bro. Stay the fuck away. 
But no, she added me on Facebook and uh What you gonna do? <laughs> you gonna sit? Do my exactly what I've been I feel doing. like it's like my, my it's some kind of fate aligned with this. Business. It's some kind of fate aligned with this. Oh, she won't leave me alone. I don't understand it. She could have just curved me and let me be. Nope. But now she just keeps Where poking she live? her bear. I think downtown. Mm. Detroit. I don't know. We didn't get that far. We talked for like 20 minutes. And then, I don't know, after she didn't give me her number, I was kind of just like, all right, well, I'm going to go somewhere else now. <laughs> and you've managed to interact or run into her ever since. Basically. There haven't been any special events. There have been no concerts. Just Kanye. Yeah. You said you seen her at Kanye. And Chance. Oh, shit, that's right. Yeah. Kanye and it was one more, wasn't it? I'm telling you. Brunch. And brunch. It's, some, it's something going on here. Well. Better see what's popping, dog. I don't know. Maybe I'll die single because I'm not going to shoot my shot again. <laughs> or you marry her. Either way. That's, what pretty, much, that's right. pretty much what it's going to go down at. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but uh, there's no easy transition to this. But <laughs> What's going on in the world today? No, you just <laughs> talked about the Kanye concert, man. I'm so upset. So... Oh, yeah. Because I'm from West Bloomfield. Oh, I, look at Karen with the transition. <laughs> Go ahead. He's a pro. He's ready for this shit. I told you I listen every week. My man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. Uh, unfortunately, Kimmy K was, uh, or Kimmy K West. Held at gunpoint. In Paris, in Kanye's apartment. They tied but, her up. What happened? Yeah, they tied her up. Uh, apparently, she was rocking, like, what, $10 million worth of jewelry? They, Which, they, why are you wearing got, that much jewelry in the house? Probably. You know niggas always exaggerate shit. But, I mean, people use that as an excuse for why it's cool. Well, why are you walking around with that much money? Kanye used that excuse for me not to use my ticket to the to the, to the concert <laughs> at the palace. So you have bought tickets to the palace? Yeah, I didn't get the Detroit so that's what show. You, that's uh-huh. what you get for not supporting the city, bro. <laughs> you got to go in the city, bro. But, no, and on a serious note, yeah, I think they said they got away with, like, $11 million. They had her tied up at gunpoint. She was scared she was going to get raped and shit mm-hmm. like that. And, like... I've obviously am not worth any type of money, but if somebody comes in my house and ties me up at gunpoint, I'm gonna be fucked up. Yeah, yeah, like traumatized. That's a serious fucking situation. And I will hope that the person I love would, you know, would act like Kanye yeah, did. Yeah, Yo, leave. Big ups to Kanye. That's why we love him, Eric. That's why we love he, him. Man, <laughs> he they are perfect for each other. They are really perfect for each other. Like he dropped his whole shit. I don't think anybody else would have done that. I think they would have finished the show. Then checked up on it. Yeah, he dropped in the middle of his set and said, yo, let me check on my mom's, baby mom's, and see what's happening. Well, that's his wife. Okay, let's get technical. You know what the fuck I'm saying. I'm just about. saying. Okay. I feel like once you get the ring, you lose the title of baby mom's. But I feel what you're saying, yeah. though. It's, I don't know. It's, it's I feel like it's one of those things that's a gray area. <laughs> it's still. Kind of like sleeves versus hand warmers. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a, No. It's a pocket. The pocket. Thank <laughs> you. That's what I meant. Pocket versus hand warmers. Motherfucker. <laughs> but no, people like... People really lose sight of the fact that celebrities are also people. Yeah. And not to like toot my own horn by any stretch of the imagination because I'm very far from celebrity. But there are people who will text into the radio station things that they would never, ever, ever say to my face. Of course not. Keyboard warriors. Like this is their time to shine. Like, but it's like so I, on like the very smallest of scales. And I'm yeah. sure people text into the radio station to tell you like oh, all of course that they would they would never ever say to you. Mm-hmm. Like my thing on Twitter is like I hate Martin. Every time he talks, I want to throat punch him. Like no one would ever come up to you Damn. like I hate you. I want to punch you in your mouth Mm-mm. every time you speak. You know, or like that uh, uh, they said I was on foul feedback yesterday. Did you hear it yesterday by chance? No, I didn't check it no, out. No, they were saying I was on foul feedback. Somebody text. And said Martin Weiss is a bitch, and that's why he only works the late night hours. 
That's a dub. They friends. know that you work the late night hours. Saying, bro, you, that's a you win know for my, you. you know my name. Yeah, How that's about a that? win. They might be, they might be your friends. Nah, you. nah, it's like four o'clock in the morning. None of my friends are. I, I would hope it definitely that wasn't me. Sorry, none of my friends. I, I would hope that my friends have better things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, but early people sometimes on Twitter will tweet you and be like, "Yo, you're a fucking asshole. I hope you die." Yep. Because I disagree with you about the Tigers going making the playoffs. It's that, <laughs> it's, it's that deep. But obviously, Kim Kardashian. Uh, Kim Kardashian West and Kanye and and anybody with any real modicum of celebrity gets that every day. Every day, you know, I only get it if I actually do something. (laughs) And that's only on occasion. So it's like when something like that happens to somebody, just imagine what that would be like if it was you. And it's like, yeah, they lost $11 million, but like what's $11 million in ratio to me? Like 12. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Somebody lost, somebody came in my house and like stuck a gun in my back of my head. And was like, yo, give me all your money. And I gave them like my debit card and the ten dollars in my wallet. Mm-hmm. I'd be traumatized. I'd be fucked up. And I wouldn't be like, I'd be like, no, Kanye, why don't you stick with me and postpone these tour dates? Like, but people just don't see celebrities as people. And it's Not like one all. of those moments where it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Even the Kid Cudi thing, like, you know, dude checks in to a you know depression clinic. You know, that's a serious matter. And it could be the same thing you were just talking about. You know, who knows what the fuck? He could be tweeting about his album. And you know, you got at least 200 people talking about, eat a dick, fuck you, I'll kill you. Da-da-da. Just wild shit for no reason. It's, or like, like The lack of public empathy for some, for real shit is ridiculous. He it's comes sad. out with that, you know, that note that's like explaining like, hey, bro, I'm going to rehab, this and that. Like, it's I'm a real depressed. situation. And then you'll see the first comment be like, yo, just kill yourself. Right. He got a million dollars. What is he sad about? You don't know. It's his life. Like, it's 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 pathetic, man. It's really fucking pathetic. And I'm not even a Kardashian fan either in any way. But when not you see all. something like that, not at all. I'm not a you Kardashian have fan to, at like, all. Step back, like you said. What if it was you? If you got held at gunpoint, if you were in that situation, and people were talking bad shit, slandering you, like you did something wrong. Who gives a fuck if she had ten million dollars on of jewelry? That doesn't give a reason for a motherfucker to rob her. Not at all. Like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's it's a, it's a fucked up time we live in, man. Public perception is no bars at all. But you know what though? Shout out to Cuddy though, because even though he hasn't made good music since two thousand and ten, lies. <laughs> We're not having this conversation. We don't have to because you're wrong. But don't uh, waste your time being wrong. Even <laughs> since he hasn't made good music since two thousand and ten, uh, he did spark a very important conversation because as black people, we really don't talk about. Mental illness and mental depression. Mental health is very mental health in our at all. Yeah. Be- I, go ahead. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> back to one of uh, one of the more pivotal t- uh, moments of the podcast. But back on Empire, we used to talk about that shit all the time. Right. We don't fuck with the show, but one of the biggest things that they highlighted and you actually spoke about was the mental health that Andre, you know, openly displayed on the TV show. Right. That kind of shit needs to be, you know, brought to the light, and Cuddy's doing that right now. And I mean, it's interesting because, like, uh, I'll share. I'll share. Hi, I'm Martin. Hey, Martin. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, like, before we started this, like, honestly, that was probably one of the darkest times in my life. And I've been through a lot of shit. Like, I've been through more than, the, I don't like to, like, sit up and try to brag about it because it's not a competition. But, like, my mom died when I was 17. I moved up to Michigan like a year before that when my whole fucking city was destroyed by Hurricane Katrina. And it's like people just see those two things and like, look, but it's like that's some shit I was actively dealing with. Like to this day, I still actively deal with it. And I was like, 
I went to, I've been to therapy before and like, it took me like, it took me, really it was when my ex broke up with me for like the final time. And it was like, yo, okay, something's wrong here. Mm -hmm. Because you can notice like, I was noticing all my relationships and not just like relationships with women, but all my relationships were, were fracturing, you know? And there's only one common thread between you and everybody else, and that's you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yo, there's something going on inside of me that I need to like really adjust. And I was in the Apple store, and I was like, I had a terrible, terrible temper. As anybody who knew me from like high school on, I had a terrible, terrible temper. But and what I realized is that was just like my depression acting out. Cause like I didn't know how to like process anything. But and so how did you deal with it? I went to therapy. To therapy. But honestly. Going to therapy didn't really help me, but I, c- I couldn't relate to the dude. This dude is like a 65-year-old Jewish man. And I'm talking about how you I'm in... can't see yourself in a 65-year-old Jewish man? So, I mean, surprisingly <laughs> not. <laughs> but like, You live in West Bloomfield, Bart. You should feel pretty close to that kind of shit. I mean, they're my neighbors. <laughs> but... <laughs> no, but for real, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, I was in the Apple store trying to get her computer fixed, and... The guy wouldn't take her computer. And I was just like, yo, just take this computer so I can get it back to her and I could go on about my life. And like, and he just was, he wouldn't take, he wanted me to wait in this long ass line. But there was all these people in Apple shirts just standing around talking to each other. And so I'm like starting to fucking lose it, though. I'm like, why the fuck won't y'all just take this computer? And I realized like after a while, like people are trying to look at me and I'm like, yo, there's somebody's gonna call the police on me and I could get killed in this moment. So I remember I left from the Apple store, I had a computer on my arm. I left, I sat in the car, and I called my dad, and I'm like, dog, we got to do something because this is what just happened. This shit is going to, like, something terrible could happen to me just off the strength of, like, yo, I can't I can't control my emotions. I didn't know what to do about it. Is that when you went to therapy after? Yeah. Like, he found me a therapist, but it was, like, that moment of saying I need to go to therapy was the most groundbreaking thing of all of it. Like yeah. the therapy, like like after like the fourth or fifth time, I would feel good and feel worse leaving. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, I'm not about to do it if I don't feel good after I leave. Mm-hmm. But just the acknowledgement that the self, the really the self-awareness to know that there was something going on and like I needed to change my life because mm-hmm. I said after, after that, I said, yo, I'll never have anybody who loves me leave me again because of something that I did. That's uh that's the first step, man. I mean, I, I remember when uh when I got out of high school, I went to Eastern, and like I've told you people before, that's one of the worst times of my fucking life. You know, when you're young, you want to, you know, when you're 17 years old, you want to branch out, be on your own, live life, experience things. And at that time, I was thinking the same shit. I want to go to college. I want to be off campus, be away from my family. I had a girlfriend. I wanted to be away from her and be single and shit like that. I fucking fucked up at Eastern. Broke up with my girl. It just and I, I had to end up leaving after like one year. I had to come back home, and that was one like you said, one of the darkest times of my fucking life. But being there at that time brought me closer to my family and really made you realize those who truly care about you and those you need to keep closest to you mm-hmm. instead of trying to be out doing your own thing and you know doing some shit that might not be for you. Realize the people who really truly love you, and it's sad, but it's times like these. That really makes you really understand, you know, who you are and where you're going. Family, what people mean to you. Family is the most important. Man. Absolutely. Like that's one of the most difficult parts I think about being overseas so much is that I don't, I can't just like go see my grandma. Right. That's dad. deep. Just, like uh, I've had like three or four new cousins 
new male, like boy cousins being born. I was like the youngest boy in my family for the longest time. And I couldn't see them. I couldn't be with them and celebrate their birthdays and things like that. And it's hard. And overseas, you see a lot of, like a lot of Americans who are, I see, you see, can you hear me now? Better. Yeah. Overseas, like you see a lot of Americans who like kind of go over there and they're dealing with mental health issues. And generally, like those mental health issues and those episodes end when a family member goes and gets them. You know what I mean? So, <clears throat> um, it's a deep topic, so I'm not going to clown you for yeah, that. But what was your way out of, yeah. I guess, feeling better, <laughs> being so far and disconnected from everybody yeah. else? Um, you said, how did I feel? Yeah, like, no, how did you react to it? Because like you said, you were on your own pretty much. So when uh, you're going through dark times, like, what was your way out? I mean, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm, I mean, I'm a pretty, like, friendly and gregarious person. So it didn't, it wasn't hard for me to make friends overseas, but it did, it did get to me. Like certain times, and I would just call. I mean, I would just like be on the phone for a long time. At a certain point, I didn't care about the time difference. I'd be like, "Yeah, it's one o'clock in the morning, but I really need to talk to you." And if it was like, if it was my my mom, my grandma, my uncle, my girl, if, whatever it was, you know, I was able to just talk to them, mm-hmm. and it's important. Um, and then right now, I'm just I'm just spending time with my grandma, and it's like I was like, man, if I I saw her, I saw her health kind of deteriorate as, as I was overseas, and I hated it. But you know, I'm overseas, just making good on the family thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I'm I'm doing good for my family. I'm they're proud of me, and they put their love and blessings into me. So I have to go and and hustle. But at the same time, that's why that's why I'm back home taking care of my grandma, but also doing a lot of community stuff mm-hmm. because like this is where it started. Like uh, my mom did a not is uh, opened up a nonprofit, uh, Fresh Perspectives seminars, and you know we talk about college readiness with people in, in Detroit. We were at University of Michigan. We we're at Oakland University. Uh, South South Southwest Activity Center talking to kids from where I'm from about college readiness and, and being prepared for school. And I went back up to the high school, and I'm going to be co-teaching on Monday. You know, teaching, uh, you know, talking to you know African American uh, Student Association or whatever right. about jobs, and international relations, and talking to some of the AP classes. And our counselor wants me to our counselor wants me to talk to some of the the young black kids, uh, you know, young black boys because there's some direction. Some of them might be dealing with mental health issues because we don't talk about it, and some of them, some of it may be behavioral. You know, some of them they just need some kind of mentorship and some kind of direction. No, but that also like without Miss Reeves, Miss Bartis, like I wouldn't have. Like I graduated high school with honors. You know, right. like I I was the type. Of, I was the kid that was getting paid to do other kids' homework at lunch. You know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? But I wouldn't have gone to college had it not been for. People looking out for me like that because yeah. bro, I was a wreck, you know. What I'm like I was a mess, and it just all came to a head. Like it really all came to a head like probably two years ago. So you got to think, bro. I was 17, 16, 17 years old, and I didn't really process this shit till I was twenty six. Wow, you know, like it was something that I held on to till I was twenty six years old, and then once I actually started working with it, I started losing weight, like. And I'm glad that I had the experiences when I had them because, like, Eric can attest to this slightly, but, like, for us to be successful in our jobs, we're going to be people that other people know. Yeah. You know, it's just by as a byproduct of what we do for a living. If you're good at it, then people who you don't know will know you. Mm-hmm. And I could have had, I could have had that same meltdown three years from now 
and have been known, and it would have been in the newspaper. In the workplace mm-hmm. or something or like, like that. It, yeah. Not even in the workplace. If I could have had it at a red light and, oh. the, and the right police officer came up and the right guy was on it, it would have been in the news. Mm-hmm. You know, radio host Martin Weiss freaks the fuck out, you know? But I'm glad that all this stuff re- happened at a time where, like, I was relatively unknown. And as really as a result of that, like, this podcast was born. Because I started reading a whole lot of, I think the the correct term would be like self help books, mm-hmm. but like, I don't know, like uh, they had a different name for them. But they all of these books were written in like the nineteen thirties, nineteen twenties, of like books of like how to win friends and influence oh, people, yeah, yeah. think and grow rich. But I read this book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Right, Stephen and, Covey, I think. Yes, and it was one of the I, that that one's more new, but that was one of that book changed my life. And it said, like, what are two things that you could do right now that would make you feel better professionally and personally and uh, or professionally and physically that you can do without spending any money or, or really, like, taxing yourself at all? And what I came up with was start a podcast and exercise. And that was where Your Black Friends was born from. So it was really, like, like... I've, I love I've, a good origin story. I've, I've <laughs> like made the, I've I've alluded to it before, but this was more therapeutic than anything I had ever done. Okay. So like when I see Kid Cudi talking about, and he listens to his music, he's obviously wild depressed in his music, of course. But when you hear him talking about how like, you know, I've got some issues that nobody can see, and that's like the way that he addresses them is through his music. Like, I very much worked out a lot of stuff through this microphone. And that's part of the reason why it's so important to me. Yep. So this is your therapy. Yeah. Yeah, talk to the mic, bro. This, so this is your therapy. In a way. Yep. Pod, you know? This podcast. And music itself, too. I'm fucking 808 and heartbreaks. That was my fucking therapy through that heartbreak when I was at Easter. Like, this kind of shit helps. Open dialogue, people being able to listen. Yeah. You know, whether it's people outside or people in this room right now. I appreciate y'all, you know, for being a part of our lives, man. Because in reality, bro, I was sick of pe- waiting to get put on. Like, I was grinding like hell at work, but it just wasn't happening. Like, it wasn't happening at all. And once I just kind of of took it in my own hands. Like, I'm sick of waiting to be put on. I'm about to just put myself on. And it's not that, like, I'm, like, on now. But trust me, because when I'm on, I'll let y'all know. (laughs) But, like, they're, like, like when somebody like you comes up, like, y'all listen every week. That's heavy, bro. And then, like, you know, we're we're playing golf yesterday and making jokes, you know, uh, or the other day, and I can't now. What I'm trying to remember, one of them, like, like you brought up PTSD, like as a joke, you know, because I've said that before. It's like I had this PTSD. Oh, we're talking about uh, girlfriends. You're like, oh, that PTSD creeping back in, yeah. and I was <laughs> like, yeah, but it was like, or uh, no, nah, I can't remember. Of course, I can't remember. But you had other just references that to the to the podcast that were right? directly related to the podcast. Yeah. That if you weren't. Like to me, because like you forget that people listen. It's like if you weren't in the room at the time, you mm-hmm. don't know what happened. Right? <laughs> right. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but or like when you said like, yeah, you got people tweeting and like, getting mad. Like, yo, I was mad too. Like, why the fuck did y'all delete that episode? Like, I need to listen to <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, no, no. Like, actually, we were we were teeing up. I was like, where the like where the hell is Camille? <laughs> I was like, where? <laughs> I was like, where's Camille? It's just like no context or whatever. Like, I was like, all right, I'll tee off. By the way, where's Camille? Camille, if you're listening. Come back. <laughs> we Wherever listen, you hide now, we the listeners miss you very much. Indeed. I wish we can argue about blackness right now. I miss arguing with her about Macklemore and shit. Come I miss back, her Camille. arguing with you. Man. I miss her arguing. That is my fa- 
That's what, what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about that. We were talking about the early days. It was that one podcast where you had to turn it off. Oh and man! The, and then the next Ooh. week it was like kiss and make up. Yeah, and we kind of did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we did a little. The tension bit, was there, but, I mean, but that was. Oh yeah, but I mean, I think that makes it good though because yeah, it's it open it dialogue right here, and we still have our same genuine thoughts and emotions. Yeah, this is a, this is a great product. And then for the other listeners, man, tell somebody about this. Put other people onto YBF because this is gonna blow up. Tell a friend, and you want to you want to be the one that be like, remember I put you on YBF last year? Because I saw I like this guy. I man. saw Martin at brunch. <laughs> Last year, and, and Martin was gone, but I was happy to see Martin. And he was like, "Man, we got this podcast, man. Check it out." He downloaded it on my phone. I listened to it that night, and I said, "This is gold." So many people don't even realize they have a podcast app on their phone, like, it's, but because it's one of those you can't delete, so it's like it's right there out there with right. the, the heart monitor thing that was also on your phone that you probably didn't know about. Don't, right? Don't even use it. Exactly. Oh man, good times, fun memories. I remember mm-hmm. that. I was just like trying to get a word in edgewise. And then Camille was like, nah, sis. And I was like, oh, this is getting disrespectful. <laughs> that shit was wild. You <laughs> was, like, was, was like, but you know what? Nah. And then you just cut it off right I'm there. Like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> Y'all just sitting here yelling at each other. Hey, we stupid. needed that. We needed that moment. Plenty more to come, too. Don't worry. But um, there's no easy transition to this either. But y'all saw Shorty Lowe's funeral. I did. Or like you saw about I, it. I heard, heard about, about it. it. I heard about it. Yes. I didn't like actively seek it out either because it's yeah, <laughs> wild, disrespectful. But um, if you don't know, if you've been under a rock, uh, uh, when, uh, uh. when Shorty Lowe died, uh, after his funeral procession, they went through the strip club. No. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, bury him as he lived. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> so my thought would be. I want to ask, I don't know, I came up with this actually on the golf course. It's kind of morbid. But, <laughs> Eric, God forbid you die today. Where would you go? Where would you want your funeral procession to go? I would have to think about it, but honestly, I got one. I'm a lifelong Lions fan. I've put my heart and soul into this team. That's so I put depressing. too much fucking emotion into this team. Yeah, of all bury the stuff that we've f- talked about, that's the most depressing thing that's been said this bury, on this podcast. Bury me in Ford Field or Pontiac Silverdome. I don't give a damn which one. Because well, it's, pro- it's, it's just probably easier to bury you in the Silverdome <laughs> at this point. <laughs> Everything's buried in that. <laughs> Everything's buried. Jesus, dead already. have you been there lately? I saw pictures. Uh, oh my god! I would. They did a Rick Ross concert, the MMG concert, like two, three years ago. It's like at just Silverdome? Yeah. Like they had uh they they try to make it fancy and shit. Like it's <laughs> dirt right next to the stage. And they put couches to call it the VIP section. Like the Silverdome is a shithole now. Why that shit is still pie, I have no idea. It's but not. Have you seen recent pictures of it? No. Since it's that concert, I've stayed away. Yo, that might have been the last concert they had. There. That I would bet. Like Google, <laughs> oh my go- God. Google it on your phone right now. Or Google it, Pontiac Silverdome. The last serious. time I went to the Silverdome, I went with uh my coworker Mike to pick up some seats. They were auctioning off the seats in the Silverdome, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I've never been to a game there. I never. That was before my time. Mm-hmm. I went to plenty. It it, they were time. all just as depressing right. as it right is here. at Ford Field. So my soul is re- unrested in there. I'm a big sports fan, so hey, so, might as well go all the way with it. So your stop would be uh, the Silverdome, I guess. I, 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 the Silverdome. I would I have to think about it, it, but off top right now, that's that's the first place I'm thinking about. What about you, Cameron? Do you have a place where you would go? On a funeral no, mine session. won't be original. I'll say something like, I don't know, along the beach. No, you know what? During Carnival, like, take me back down to Trinidad. Okay. And through the streets, and everybody just be like, hey, like, celebrate it. You know, like, why? I don't want people at my funeral to be sad. 
to celebrate life. That's why I'm not mad at the whole Shorty Logan because people are freaking out about yeah. that. Maybe that's the way he wanted to go out. Maybe that was his happy place. Who the fuck knows? That's what he wanted to do. Hey. See, like mine would be similar to Carnival, but it'd be Mardi Gras. It'd be Mardi Gras. I'd be like, yo. I've never been to either one of these things. I just they just seem like festive events that. Oh, uh, I, I grew up on Mardi Gras. Yeah. So. I remember going out of town in the third grade twenty years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're old now. Right. Dang. Going out of town <laughs> for Mardi Gras break, which here is called Midwinter Break. Yeah. But um, <laughs> and I realized that because we went to go visit my grandmother in Florida, and I realized then, like as it was Mardi Gras day. And I'm seeing Mardi Gras on TV, and I'm like, "Wait, we don't get to go to Mardi Gras?" And I was mad. Like I thought that it, I thought it was like we were just going to Florida. I didn't realize those two. Like if we went to Florida, then we also couldn't go to Mardi Gras. I didn't realize that Mardi Gras wasn't. I mean, obviously, I knew it was just in New Orleans, but like my first day, my first year in Michigan, I took a Spanish test on Mardi Gras, and I like <laughs> protested. I remember you talked about this on one of the podcasts. It was like, don't Early you guys, year, like, yeah. don't you know it's Mardi Gras day? Like, what the fuck are we but doing Mardi Gras, here? isn't that French for Fat Tuesday? Yes. So yes. we, so we celebrate it anyway. We get no, punch you keys, bastardize right? it. Yeah, exactly. Punch keys. <laughs> we get punch That's keys. what we get. That's I, our honor. Like it's Fat Tuesday. I grew, up, I grew up at real Mardi Gras, yeah, no. and there's no such thing as a punch key in New Orleans. You go to anywhere in New Orleans, ask somebody what a punch key is, they'll be like, "Yo, you want to punch you me?" Need more Polish people. That's why. right. <laughs> We have like the actual like Martin is really getting mad right now. He's like, "This is my culture." <laughs> <laughs> These are Zulu coconuts on the table. Like, this is real. This shit is real. What is this? <laughs> it's a Zulu coconut. A Zulu, Zulu was the first like, obviously like everything else in America, Mardi Gras was segregated initially. Zulu oh, was yeah. they had a, a white king of Mardi Gras, which was Como, and then it eventually turned. Now Como doesn't ride anymore, but they have Rex that rides still, and Zulu rides as well. And Zulu was the black king of Mardi Gras. Okay. So those are Zulu coconuts. They used to throw actual coconuts. Now they drain them, and uh, it's probably safer that way. They, uh, uh, yeah, think. <laughs> <laughs> now that's dope. Okay, but I would go to Mardi Gras. That's what I would do, for sure. Like when I was at Mardi Gras this year, like there was times where it was, like got emotional. That was my favorite holiday as a kid. Like, like if we could have two Mardi Gras, I'd skip Christmas. It's in February, right? Yeah, it changes every year. Oh, I didn't know that. It's because okay. technically it's a religious holiday. So why do they change it every year, though? Because it's based off Easter. What religion? Oh, okay. Catholicism. Really? Okay. Yeah. See, people are always surprised because they think like Mardi Gras is mad decadent and, you know, drunk. Decadent means like scumbaggish for all my listeners who can't say words over three syllables. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put you on blast. I'm gonna put you on blast. The camera never did deck a uh, dent. <laughs> but um, because basically the whole concept of Mardi Gras, it's 40 days. Or Mar- Mar- Lent starts on Ash Wednesday, which is 40 days before Easter. Easter mm-hmm. changes every year. So the concept of Mardi Gras was to get all your sinning out. Before Lent, so when Lent happened, you repent, you get closer to God, and that way Easter comes and you and you're you're good to go. So Fat Tuesday, Ash Wednesday, exactly. Okay, there you go. Got it. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Mardi Gras. 
I just need to buy some beads. <laughs> no. Oh, no, they got hella no. beads down there. Is that a thing? You don't buy it's beads. Shout out to Dean, because Dean went to Mardi Gras and bought beads at the airport. <laughs> you will feel like the biggest jackass if you buy beads, because literally that's what you do at Mardi Gras. Is you go to parades and you catch the beads that people have bought to throw at you. But see, now I'm tripping, because I told I've been to New Orleans before. I, again, my favorite fucking city I've ever been to on vacation. But it was in like April, and... They were treating it like it was Mardi Gras. Niggas didn't go home till like five in the morning. No, no, no. They were treating beads no. everywhere. See, they were treating it like it was New Orleans. Okay, <laughs> Mardi right. Gras so I'm, I need to see the difference because from what I see, it felt like Mardi Gras. Niggas was lit. Beads everywhere. Hanger days getting sipped all over the block. That's just Man. Is that just every day down there. New Orleans is a it's a, it's a it's a very interesting place. I went down there in college for Essence Fest one summer. I t- took my ex and we visited the. I guess the wall, that area that was flooded. The le- it's a levee. The levee. It's a levee. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that 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 part of the city. And then we went, what's the name of the street? The one. Bourbon, Bourbon, Bourbon Street. Bourbon Street. We went down Bourbon Street, but I didn't I didn't drink. I didn't do anything. That was really lame then. <laughs> <laughs> then and then So uh, no hand grenades for you? No hand grenades for oh, me. Man. But but Whew. I mean it seemed it seemed live. It was like it was lit, but Bro, it was popping. I just don't know anything about what happens during that during that season, during Mardi Gras season. I mean, honestly, and when I say I went to Mardi Gras as a kid, it's crazy. But like, there's a Mardi Gras. There's a Mardi Gras for everybody. Like, if you want to go out and get wild, fucked up, and do whatever you want to do, like be around girls flashing their tits, you know, all of that. There's that. Yes. But also, if you want to take your seven year old <laughs> yes. to Mardi Gras, there's that too. Oh, good. Okay. You know what I'm Start saying? You just it's like Vegas. It is like Vegas. Yeah, it's like Vegas. Okay. But like the thing, only difference about Vegas is Vegas was like man made. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like Vegas was, is just a random spot in a desert yeah. that was created solely for that. Like New Orleans, like not to say people don't actually live in Vegas, but New Orleans was the culture was grown there. Like, like everything in nothing in Vegas is older than like 60 years, 70 years it's old. True. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like when you're walking down streets, like you walk down Bourbon Street, John Lafitte walked down Bourbon Street in 1853. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like. The culture there is it's one that's really ingrained, whereas Vegas is a bunch of people who transplant, in my opinion. What does Detroit have that's like that? Nothing. Absolutely Shit. nothing. And I don't Movement mean that as a fest slight. or pride fest. That's no, it. It's, no, it's not even Right, I'm terrible. saying it doesn't come close, Arts, but I'm needs. saying Right, exactly. That shit yeah. is nothing to, you know, make a, a, a weekend about. I, I just feel like I've growing seen. up in Detroit, like there was always something to do. Like down at Heart Plaza, I feel like there was something to do mm-hmm. every weekend. It's just, it's just, it's way different now. Especially when you want to compare it to some shit like Mardi Detroit Gras. Detroit, not oh, even okay, close. Yeah. No, not even close. It took me a long time to like accept Detroit. Really, it wasn't until I started working at the radio station. I was like, well, if I'm gonna be sitting there talking about Detroit all the time, I might as well figure out what there is good about it. Right, because well, sports welcome. is the passion. Welcome, thank you. Sports Appreciate is the passion. It. That's what <laughs> that's what helps. This is the best sports city in America, in my opinion. Yeah, it's just we don't have enough. That validates our love and passion for it. I mean, it's still a city of champions, just the Lions don't deliver. I heard the Pistons are moving downtown. Is that true? They're trying to. They've been trying for a long, long fucking time. Yeah, but I think now there's actually like traction with it because they got Little Caesars Arena. It would be the best. Which thing is for the like, city. are you? Have you obviously you've seen it? Oh, that thing is this close to being done already. Is that the new Joe? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's like every day I go down there, it's like that much closer to being finished. It's wow. deep. I'm not even a hockey fan. I want to go to that shit. I but, can't wait to go down um, to Atlanta for homecoming because I heard they're building a new uh, Falcons arena. Yeah, I mm-hmm. saw that uh, when I was down there for Henny Palooza. Henny Palooza. That was another thing. We t- me and Cameron were playing nine holes of golf just talking about old episodes of the podcast. <laughs> it's 
the only thing I ever talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I put people on. No, but um, well, one thing that everybody was talking about over the like the last couple of days was this trailer for this Get Out movie. Woo! Horrifying. At first, it looks like a winner, uh, dog. The I'm more winning. the more that I see it, the more it feels like it, it's gonna have like comedic moments. Like I laughed the first time when I saw it when um when I saw my man put the fist out and uh, my man grabbed it with his fist. Mm-hmm. I, his name is Keith. His Keith Stanfield. Is, yeah, Keith, dude but, from Atlanta. Yeah. Yo, that's who that is. Yeah, dude. That's who that is. Bro, he's been in a lot of shit. He's in Atlanta. He was in Straight Outta Compton as Snoop. Bro, yes. he got a hell of a track he's, record. He's, he's, he's one also, of my favorite actors right now. Like, if you if he's also in Thirty Rock. Yeah. As Tufer. He, oh, that's Tufer. Yes. The writer. Yes, that's Tufer. <laughs> the Harvard writer. Which is the <laughs> that's that is one of the funniest things. Like, of like the funniest concepts to me is Tufer because he qualifies for two minorities. <laughs> Oh, that's how he got his name. Because <laughs> he went to he went he went to an Ivy League school, and he's black. <laughs> For those who don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, when Keith Stanfield, when when my man goes out for the fist bump, my man who looks smack like Reggie Jackson, by the way, the actor, <laughs> he puts his fist out and he grabs it. He's like, "Get out!" Like he that. took a picture of him, and his nose started bleeding, and then that's when that shit. Get the no, that shit looks crazy. It's no. horrifying, especially for us who grew up in the suburbs. Yeah. Because it, it, I, I think that's what our family thinks what, like our lives are like. It's close to me, too. <laughs> it's way close to me. I got a white girlfriend, and I showed her that shit. <laughs> she said, book the date now. I'm like, we going. She was like, that shit looks dope. I was like, do they know I'm black? Because <laughs> <laughs> every black dude has that conversation. They know about me. They, they know, right? I've never had that conversation. Yeah, I've never had that conversation. Really? Either. Well, I mean, but, you never... I've never dated a white girl. Have you? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> My girl's an avid listener, so. Okay, oh, smart. See? Shout out smart to her. Smart man. And Trinidad. And Trinidad. Whoa. See, people think we talk shit when we say we're international. We are international as we fuck, out here. bro. We out here. You got listeners in Japan, Vietnam, Cambodia, Boom. India, Boom. and Trinidad. I don't even know shit about Cambodia. That's amazing, bro. That's fucking amazing. Pen on pen. That's Shout right. out to all y'all, man, for real. <laughs> I'm a global nigga, bro. <laughs> Martin got it. I'm really, I'm it. really good at Jeopardy. <laughs> but no, um, it looks yeah. horrifying. That, this trailer looks so scary. I'm in there. Mm-hmm. I don't, even, I don't even do scary movies, but that's one I gotta watch. Mm-hmm. So Jordan Peele, I think I read an article and he was telling, yeah, that's that's the that's the director, right? Yeah, Jordan he Peele, 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 and he was talking about there's, um, like I think there's satire in both. Comedy and in horror, mm-hmm. and it's the same. It could be the same, and uh, I think that's what that was his that was his Damn. inspiration for it. It ties together, okay. and I like those guys, man. Shout out to Key and Peel. I don't think they don't get enough credit for the shit they do. I think those are two of the funniest, most creative dudes in entertainment. I don't think they get enough shine, and I'm hoping this movie comes out in February puts them over that edge. Did you see Keanu? Yes, yes, I did. That shit was. <laughs> I, if like, if you haven't seen Keanu, just turn it on. Please. Don't read anything about Do it. it. Just turn it on. Do it. I got the fire stick. It's jailbroke. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not sitting there reading descriptions on On Demand. You know, if I had read the description, I probably wouldn't have watched no. it. But that shit was hilarious, yes. bro. That was, movie was fucking hilarious. Yes. Key Appeal is hilarious. They got it. They were funny as fucking Mad TV. They've always been funny. They were on Mad TV? 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't, that's that's where we split. I don't, I didn't you never watched Mad TV? No. I remember watching oh, it, but slipping. I didn't. When did? Oh, you slipping. It's been off the air for like. Oh, it's been off for a while, but they broke out after they left that show. Uh, they started working closer together, and that's when Key and Peele happened, and obviously like, they're getting bigger in Hollywood now. They're like the opposite of Kenan and Kel. Damn. That's yeah. a perfect way to put it. <laughs> You know, that's put, perfect. That is a good way to put that's it. That's perfect. Dude, speaking of Kel, talk about life comes at you fast. Like Keenan Thompson's still doing his thing. Keenan yeah, popping. SNL. He's still on But SNL. like, what the fuck is Kel doing? He had that uh, two roads diverged in a wood. He had that 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 dance show. Remember that shit? I forgot what the fuck that shit was called. But he had a show at like three o'clock p.m. So obviously nobody was watching it. <laughs> but he had some fucking dance show with somebody. I forgot who's co-hosting with him, and that shit lasted like a week. Kel didn't do nothing after fucking. I mean, he's still known as the guy who loves orange soda. Who loves orange soda? <laughs> dance three sixty. That's I the do, name I of the do, show. I do. But I mean, look at his IMDb <laughs> credits. He hasn't had. He's been quiet. It's been really quiet for my man Kel Mitchell. He was in some movie, right? Maybe. Uh, good burger? <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he couldn't even get a good burger too out of it. Damn. That's real. Damn, that's fucked up. He was in Mystery Man. That's what it was. He's a hey, Mystery Man. I'm looking I at his IMDb right now. birthday one year. <laughs> mystery Man. It's not looking I'm good invisible. Man. Nobody looks at me. <laughs> Can you see me? Can you see me? He's like, yeah, bro. Yeah, his track record is not looking good on here. I saw a picture of all that like cast reunion and just everybody just looks so old. Lori Beth Denberg. So I'm scared to think it's about how long ago was that? <laughs> we sit up here talking about uh, 20, years 20 years ago. ago. 20 years ago man. Fuck. That's crazy. Yo, name this the washed episode. <laughs> because we sound like some truly washed niggas right now. <laughs> talking about memories from 20 Let years Let us feel ago. nostalgic, man. Fuck y'all. Come on, man. Pokemon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Never got into it, bro. I'm con- No, I'm still playing, actually. Pokemon, you Pokemon Go. Go. Hell yeah. Well, because Apple won't talk about the, the screen problem it's having right now. I can't even play it right now. Damn, nah, what the fuck man. What the I, hell? I'm you here. Sure? I'm here for the conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> no, as soon as you update to iOS 10, <laughs> fucking screen starts. Right. Man, unless you have an iOS 7. Land unless land you have an iPhone 7. I'm telling you, bro. I have to like, like my screen works, but like this whole like uh, notification center, what happens to me all the time, I used to, I was the type of dude, I would just swipe down from my notification center, answer my text, do all that. Now you have to like press it hard and then tap it again. And it's just all this extra shit that you got to do. There nah, was, man, I'm woke. Y'all not fooling me. <laughs> there was an article on Mac Rumors uh, this weekend, and it was saying that a couple Apple employees left Apple, and they were they sent like a letter or email or whatever. They were talking with the, the editors, and they were like, um, "Don't talk about the screen issue, the dead screen issue, because people are like slamming their phones and stuff like that because it's not working." Hell. And I was at the Apple store yesterday, and I, was, I just mentioned it to the guy, and the guys looked at me. He was like, "Yeah, man, I've heard about that issue." But Apple hasn't reported. No one's reported it to Apple. And I looked at him. I was like, bro, dead ass. Nobody has told you guys that you're having this issue. Because that's the thing. If one person's having it, like, that's what I always think about. Like, if I'm having a problem with something, that means somebody else somewhere else is probably having the same problem. Mm-hmm. So I Google it. You know, mm-hmm. like, if you see it on Google, and then, like, obviously. And then your Safari shuts down. <laughs> or Google Chrome cuts off. Like, when you walk in the store, like, oh, there's something wrong with the screen. <laughs> They just stared at you Get like, out. like, you say anything. <laughs> you say any fucking thing to anybody. <laughs> Somebody talks to the wrist. Get another one. Take them right. <laughs> Get him. Sir, come with me. <laughs> <laughs> throw you in, tie you up and throw you in the back. Oh, shit. <laughs> That's funny. What's up with these clowns, man? 
Fuck these clowns. Yeah, I'll be real. How do these clowns have more juice than ISIS right now? I thought it was a joke. I honestly thought it was a joke until I started seeing like actual like people recording clowns. Mm-hmm. But I'll say this: there's no clowns on the east side. There's no. <laughs> you know oh, they know better than do like, that. Like, <laughs> they know better. There's than no that. clowns where I be at. Like, I mean, where I live at probably, but like where I like spend my time, I've, I've yet to see a. So the last time I did see a clown randomly as hell was in the Apple Store. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it? My phone was, you know, tweaking for whatever reason. I had to go in there, and I guess he was on his lunch break <laughs> what at the, the mall. <laughs> hey, Eric, what's what's the context of the clown thing for people who don't know? Um, it started off as like a social media hoax, right? Like people were dressing up as clowns, and then they turned into like terrorists, pretty much. They going around like what? carjacking people, carjacking people. You know, I think people, a couple people was like murdered and shit like that. It's murder. It's real. Like clowns are taking shit over. And insane clown posses. Is it, yo, yeah though, the juggalos. I'm telling you, Halloween's in what few weeks? Try me, fucking try me, clowns. Try me. I dare you. Don't try him. These motherfuckers for no, real. Try like, him. I want to see what happens. They think <laughs> this shit's like people. This shit started. I used to see shit like uh, social media. Like people would dress up. Uh, I saw them do dress up like uh, like he was in Iraq, and they would like take a goat and they would strap like fake bombs and run away. And they did all this shit for social media and shit like that. People what? doing all this shit for social media hoax. This shit's not fucking funny. It's not funny. That's not bro. funny at all, bro. Like, why the fuck are y'all like clowning on this type of shit? Like, no pun intended. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> fucking <laughs> pun intended. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but nah, if y'all want to fucking do all this shit? Go find George Zimmerman. You want to do all these jokes <laughs> and shit? Go find Trump. Go find. Uh, Brock Turner, like, stop fucking with people who don't deserve this, uh, this bullshit from oh y'all. Stop it. But no, it wasn't really because you know I, I work at the news for a limited time only. But <laughs> but like I will see this. I'm watching what they call the A block, which is the first thing that you see. It's called the A block. Is the first you know wipe from commercial go right to the show. That's the A block. Okay. The B block, C block, D block, or so on and so forth. So I'm watching the A block, and it's like. Clowns strike again. Video service at Sterling Heights. Yeah. I'm like, huh? Like, this is real? I thought this was a Twitter thing. Mm-mm. Like, this is actual, actual clowns in this bitch doing clown shit. Yep. But like I said, uh, <laughs> I've seen people on Twitter, like, you're driving down the road, and it's a clown standing outside. What do you do? Like, you keep on driving. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, I mind my own business because I'm a black man, and I don't do scary shit. <laughs> like... But uh, what are y'all gonna be for Halloween? Do y'all dress up for Halloween? Yeah, I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I never know till like the day before. You have to work and not in Honduras. Nah. Like the night of Halloween, you gotta work. I'm not gonna go out. Why not? I don't know. Because <laughs> the clowns. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got. A, I bought a um, like an adult Superman costume. Okay. I don't know where I wear it. Probably I, I generally don't go out. I mean, I'm not from like a super religious family. Go to Rick's. Let's go, bro. <laughs> no, I'm not going to Rick's. <laughs> I go to Rick's. Dress up like Superman. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. What are you gonna be? I uh, think I'm gonna be Pablo Escobar from Narcos. Nice. How timely. Very well. Yeah. Done. I'm gonna I'm uh, I'm gonna have like the the big ass phone too, like the big ass phone remote control, like uh, Tata. <laughs> tata. <laughs> Donde está? <laughs> El jefe. <laughs> 
get a little gut going. Yeah, man, you gotta start eating. No, that was man, a I'm, good I'm, back to, I'm going to manufacture a gut. I'm not going back to fat. Oh, you're not a method actor. You're not really. Yeah, <laughs> you're not really into it. No. You're not committed. Dude, uh, the guy who played Pablo had to go vegan to lose all that weight. Hell he lost man. like 60 pounds. He said he said the role really got into his mind. He said f with him a lot. I believe. I would imagine so. That should look like it was life changing. Cold blooded murderer. Yeah. Literally, literally, by definition, a terrorist. You heard about what happened in Colombia? So the president, current president of Colombia, just got the Nobel Peace Prize, right, for ending the the FARC. So which is like the guerrillas, guys who were not aligned with Pablo, but the guys they were the guerrillas, the guys like out in the jungles and stuff right. like that. And the government, they've been warring for forty years, and so about a few weeks ago, they signed like a peace deal. Right, and they were like, "Okay, no more, no more war between the FARC and the Colombian government." So they gave it to the people to vote for it. Voted down. The people voted it down. Mm. They said, "Well, you want to continue the war?" (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, part of that I have to feel like that's like when you saw in Narcos, like, and if you're not familiar with the story of Pablo Escobar, there were several times where the government finally got to like a point where they could take him down, and people voted against it. Yeah. Part of it, like, he was looked at like a god. He helped a lot of poor people in Colombia, but also, like, from fear. That's what That was one thing I was watching as I was watching. I was like, yo, that's crazy to see the turmoil in the United States to the point where, or the, in Colombia, to the point where this man built his own prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To just so they could catch him. Like, there's never been anybody in the United States even close to no, that. No. Like, that, that's no. the... Our rule of laws is to... We don't play that. Yeah, it's not a, it'd be over with. Yeah. Like, but it's just crazy to think that he had such a stranglehold over the country, has so much money, has so many people following him, that he could literally run forever unless he decided to turn himself in on his terms. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's why that impasse, that voter, like they voted down the the measure to end the war, is because a lot of it they felt was on the terms of the FARC. A lot of them said, okay. They have some kind of immunity or they'll have like restrictions of liberties. They said, no, we want these people to like really get the maximum judicial punishment that they can get. Right. And so the people were like, no, that's not, that's not, they won't, they, they really want them to be punished. But they said that the, the peace, the peace deal was not, was not punishing them enough. Which is kind of crazy because it's like you have the option just to like end all this to end bloodshed. It. Yeah. But they want it on their terms. The people want it on their terms. You can't mm-hmm. really be mad at that. But no, it is. But he built cable cars all through Medellin, and it's like a, it's supposed to be like a very beautiful part of Colombia now because of the money, those drug dollars. I've never been down there, but I'm about to say, how far is that from Honduras? It can't be that far. Yeah, six hour flight. Hop, skip, and a jump. <laughs> That's nothing for you, right? Nothing. I'll eat that flight. <laughs> <laughs> I eat those. No, but um, I have some friends that went to Cart- Cartagena. 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 I saw it on Snapchat. I was like, dog. That's another thing. Dude, everywhere has Snapchat filters. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Redford does. That's it. I did a Redford filter. <laughs> <laughs> Redford does, and so does Reykjavik, Iceland, because I have a friend in Iceland, hey. and I didn't know he was in Iceland until I saw Reykjavik. Hey. <laughs> I think that's how you pronounce it. Help me out, diplomat. That's probably it, yeah. All right, cool. He's got some J's and K's in there. He's <laughs> got J's and K's in there. Reykjavik sounds right, right? Uh, speaking of diabolical leaders... <laughs> Donald, I read this article sent by a friend of the podcast, Rob Parker, who texts me every day now, <laughs> every single day. Is he's, he a listener? No, I don't think so. 
I doubt it. I, he but it's okay though. He's done enough. He doesn't know that he has a podcast off on his phone. He's one of. But um, he sent me this article and it said Donald Trump was tearing apart the NFL. What? Basically, the premise of the article was, as I look at Eric with his make mojo great again hat. Yeah, mojo, not America. Still a terrible hat. America's already great. I'm repping the brand. I'm not trying to get fired. But um, (laughs) Mr. Mr. America over here, (laughs) Captain America Cameron Thomas, (laughs) I was fucking with you. Um, But as uh, basically the premise of the article was, because obviously football is majority black, but there are white players. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you look at it overwhelmingly, not overwhelmingly, but a lot of the stars of the game are white. A lot of the p- people they champion, Brady, Roethlisberger, Rodgers, so on and so forth. Um, but the uh, what the article was saying was, it was like there's people who spoke on the terms of an- anonymity, but w- people were finding it hard to continue these friendships that they had for years because this political discourse is so divisive right now. Yeah. Whereas, like, people who, you know, it's like, I can fuck with you on a spider two wide banana, you know what I'm saying? Or, or you know, first and, de- first te- first and ten. But then we get into the locker room, we're talking about, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Trump. Because if, as, you know, a lot of African Americans, you know, myself pretty much included, if you say you really truly align yourself with Donald Trump, that means you actively don't have my best interest in mind because as a minority, I'm the type of person that Donald Trump is talking about when he says make America great again. Those great times were the times where we had less rights and were more oppressed. And like the basic premise of the article was that. And I was I was reading it. And I'm like, yo, this isn't Donald Trump's fault that you're, you guys are no longer friends. Don, but what it basically Donald Trump is really exposing a lot of latent racism that you may not have known your white friends had. So I think that would make him responsible then, because he's bringing that. No, Donald Trump doesn't make people racist. Racism no, he doesn't make people, people racist, racist, but <laughs> he's the reason that you now know their true colors. Like you might have been, um, like people, you know, especially white people. People don't talk about politics like that, but it's the most, you know. Uh, polarizing conversation now because of him and he's like you said brought out a lot of thoughts and true colors of people and i don't see a reason why he can't be held responsible for that yeah it's not his fault that he's racist but he's the one who's putting everybody out on the forefront for you know seeing who they really are as people like i got neighbors who got um trump uh signs out and shit i'm driving past them they wave hi to me i'm not looking at you no more it's a wrap i ain't got nothing to say to you you know what's kind of funny the one Trump sign in the neighborhood that I see, you saw it on the way in. Mm-hmm. If you notice, like that house is in disrepair, like there's three cars in the driveway and and two of them have the hoods up, like being worked on sometime one time. Like they have, it's just interesting to see because like I live in a, uh, I live I have lake access. To those who don't know, it means people in my neighborhood have money, like for lack of a better term, have lake access. Especially if you live on the water, it means you got bread. Mm-hmm. But, like, kind of the further in the front of the neighborhood you get, the smaller and smaller the houses get. I, I live squarely in the middle. And we bought it, like, after the Great Recession. You know, this my dad makes money on this house. But um, the Trump house up there is just, it seems like a stereotypical Trump supporter. Like, somebody who's, like, in the neighborhood but can't really afford to keep up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to... 
generalize because there are tons of wealthy people who are Trump supporters, but his base is like the flyover states. Mm-hmm. The people who are have less education, less money. Really, like, and the way I look at it kind of is like when slavery ended, you know, you had the people, you had white sharecroppers and now black people who were doing the same thing as white sharecroppers were. Like, his base to me is like the 2016 version of the white sharecropper. Who like they have just as much they have, like they have they have less economic opportunity economic yes yeah, the black as the black sharecropper does so we have to figure out some reason why we're different mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying right. and the difference is okay the color of our skin mm-hmm. when we really when you really break it down like you know the same economic economic opportunities same education level you know they don't get they don't get their privilege isn't afforded to them as much as other people are. So we have to find a reason why we're different than these Negroes. To me, that's that's the stereotypical Donald Trump supporter. Yeah. <laughs> Don't I'm, everybody jump in at once. No, I mean... <laughs> I mean is, that, is that too hot of a take? <laughs> no, I'm with you. I just... I don't know. I think Trump deserves his share of blame in this kind of matter. You said it's not his fault, but I think it is. I mean... I disagree because... Uh, you know, it's it's up to people to have to form their own opinion and then to act upon that opinion. I don't think that if you have like some kind of, you know, demagogue in this case that, you know, is just espousing like his opinion and his thoughts and his belief. And you know, people, it's up to. It's not he, He's not telling people to. Well, he is telling people to. Hey, believe in my ideology. You know, vote for me and everything like that. But it's up to these people to decide whether or not they want to be friends with each other. Like you and I can. We can disagree and we can have different opinions. But by no means should that really affect our friendship because it's just a difference of opinion. But unless he's swaying them to start thinking that way, which yeah, but which not, probably not the case for a lot of people, but I'm sure it could be. For I mean, who knows? Like especially for like you said, white athletes or white NFL players, you know, they've had it good. You know, they America has been good for them through their lifetime mm-hmm. in comparison to African Americans. I mean, I don't really know how to sway. I think I think this election it touches on like a different, a deeper nerve. Because, yeah, there are racial components going on socially, but um, to look at Trump and say that he's, like, totally the racist candidate or to look at uh, Clinton and say that she's, you know, the apologist candidate, for example, it's a little bit deeper than that. I think that there are other things that people align themselves with Trump about that they don't like. It could be, you know, pro-life versus pro-choice or immigration or, you know, economic issues. And then the same thing goes for Clinton. Mm -hmm. But I think that on the surface, it's a race issue. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest, it's a race issue. Most people, they look at Trump and they think bigot, they think racist, they look at Clinton and they think other things. But um, whether or not you break friendships over that or, or, you know, you're no longer collegial with somebody, I I think that's in poor taste. I mean, I think that shows the people at large that you 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 don't know how to separate you know your your thought and your politics from your your actual real life and yeah real life does i mean politics does seep, seep into real life but you know if you're my friend and you're my teammate and you have been this whole season why should we not be friends because you have a you know make america great again a hat in your locker because I saw you looking at it. I'm just throwing that motherfucker hat away <laughs> it's not a make america great again no, hat, i said mojo I know, I know well, i know yeah but i mean um like one Tom Brady, he had to make America great he did. again in his, his locker. locker. Yes, he did. I mean, I guess, it, I guess it just shows that people aren't willing to. Like we said, white people, white athletes have lived different lives than African American athletes. They don't take the time. I don't think to I wouldn't say that Not put, necessarily 
Possibly, though. I mean, who's... But, but possibly not. You and I have our experience in the suburbs may be more online with some of a white athlete, you know, for example. I wouldn't say that. You don't know that. You you can't make that generalization. I mean, I don't think it's unsafe to. I mean, that's why people. That's why you don't see any white athletes kind of stepping out and supporting Colin Kaepernick with their thoughts because they're not putting their they're not putting their uh, mindset in how he's thinking. They're not. That's why people bring up shit like black on black crime or other things go against um, what we're talking about. That's why they talk about the military because half the time when people say that they're talking about their family or someone they know that impacts them emotionally um, that was involved in that way. I feel like people aren't taking enough time to look at it from an African-American perspective. And I think, I feel like that's the problem with that probably separates the athletes because you're not sitting and taking a second to think about it from our point of view. You're only thinking about it from your general um, perspective as a white man or whoever you may be. Are we sure that there are no, there are no non-black athletes that are standing like in unison with Colin Kaepernick? No, uh, I know Chris Long has come out and spoke, spoke in favor. I, uh, I've yet to I've heard Greg Popovich. Yeah, Greg yeah, Popovich, Pop. Steve Kerr. Um, but I've yet to see and just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but I haven't seen anybody kneeling or with the fist up in the hand. A few weeks ago it was that it was a soccer player, right? That, that yeah, Marino, right? Yep. Yeah. So I mean you can take that as an example, right? You have two athletes, probably come from very different backgrounds, maybe. Her mm-hmm. angle but, was just her angle was she was like, as a gay woman, I can relate to a lot of the struggles that he feels as a black man. Mm-hmm. So I was when I was thinking of a white athlete. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That was her angle. You yeah, know I'm what I'm saying? Because that look on your face had uh, <laughs> right or wrong. Uh, Trey's calling me. I'm gonna ignore your call right now, Marcel. Don't edit this out. <laughs> but um, what was I about to say? What was I about to say? Um, You're talking about that. Oh, yeah. She, but okay. I think. When we're talking about a white person doing it, we, we probably generalize it, but we're talking about a heterosexual white male, like with all the same, with all the privilege, like the maximum privileged white male to take a look down and be like, yo, this is not the way things should be going. See what I'm saying? That's why, I like, the, make it repeat, not to take away from what she did, mm-hmm. but when he's talking about a white man, that's what he's talking about. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, like if Aaron Rodgers did it, or you know somebody like that, it'd and, be a different story. And what did I say at the uh, after the LeBron, D Wade, Carmelo, uh, CP3 thing? I said that right after when we were talking on this podcast. I said that's what we need if this is really going to break through and people are really going to start understanding. I said it has to either come from because you expect African Americans to speak out on African American issues, but if you see somebody as an outsider, whether it's a white business owner or a white athlete or uh, a general manager, you need to see them on the forefront speaking too. So, you know, shout out to, you know, stuff like, uh, I saw Ben and Jerry's tweet yesterday talking about we, we support Black Lives Matter. Um, you know, things like, people like that who stand in those positions, that is what's really going to progress this conversation and progress America because, yes, you expect Colin Kaepernick to speak out about this. You expect people who live this every day, but those guys who don't, like Aaron Rodgers or whoever else, they're staying silent or they're just kind of or this or they're saying something else. They're, you know, talking about the military or things that have nothing to do with the conversation. I think that's the issue right here. I think the recurring theme about this on the especially on this podcast and what we've heard uh, you know, everywhere is people are focused on the wrong thing. People yeah. are more focused on that he's kneeling during the during the um anthem. The anthem instead of you know, talking about people aren't talking about people aren't talking about their bodies in the streets and things like that, and there's injustice. Well, I, I agree. I agree with that. 
I, I think that Pop Pop touched on it a little bit when he was just like, we don't have, we don't understand what they go through. Love when he said that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think that was the closest thing. NBA wise, I think that everyone is covering. And if you look, I mean, I'm I, with sports. You know, I'm not a, a deep sports person, but the headlines of are covering whether or not LeBron is going to stand or sit or be in the locker room during the anthem, but they're not covering when LeBron James is talking about the fact that if Bronny's out in the streets and he gets a phone call, he doesn't know if his kid right. is going to be able to come home at night. Right, right. And that's, to me, that's more newsworthy. I feel you. That's more. That's much more newsworthy whether or not. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we are going to listen to the anthem. It's our anthem. It's our country, everything like that. This was the way that, you know, this gentleman decided to go about, you know, this issue. And it did its job. But it's maybe a little slow in picking up across the nation to, you know, the actual dialogue. But I will say this though: the consi- what the key to anything is consistency. Yeah. And if he continues to do it, more people will continue to do it, and it's not something that's going away. And I do feel that eventually, the conversation will turn. What's the end goal in this though? What do you think is the end goal? What what can we hope, or what does Colin Kaepernick hope to get out of all this? I think it's exactly what I said. Just simply acknowledge white people acknowledging that this is a real issue. I mean, he's he's even said I'm willing to die for this shit. If that gets to that point, I think it would spark that conversation even more. But I mean, yeah, I, I just think that will be that has to be the next step. Just simply acknowledging what we're talking about. I don't think I'm not gonna say anything that's complicated, but it just takes white people a second to step out of your own shoes, your lifestyle, what you go through and see every day, and look at it from what we see. Look at where we're look at where we're at in America. I think that will be it. I think that has to be it. Oh shit! Speaking of which, um, Birth of a Nation came out. Y'all they actually go see this. You trying to go see it after we after we finish filming? I would. If I, I mean, didn't have to work, me. if I didn't have to work, I'd be so down. I'm probably gonna go. Oh, tomorrow. I got shit to do. All right, but um, go. no, yeah. they um, they they had the trailer and they actually put Black Lives Matter slides and pics into the trailer of the movie instead of really? just yes, they didn't just have it as um as you know the shit that was in the movie. They actually showed people protesting in Baltimore in the streets with Black Lives Matter signs. They incorporated that in the movie. I thought that was so fucking dope, man. Shout out to Nate Parker. Cannot wait to see that movie, man. I was gonna go see it this morning. I just couldn't get up enough, early I, enough. I feel you. I feel you. I don't. I don't, I don't really. <laughs> I don't really do mornings. It's cheaper than. Is the star? Is the star still open? Star Southfield. Yeah. 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 All right, bet. I look. You pull up at the Star Southfield. <laughs> like I pull up at the Starfield at Southfield now, much more frequently than I did in high school. We in there? That's real. We in there? <laughs> it'd be like I'm bro, throw my man this money. Low key, it'd be like five dollars. So let me ask you this. So. Birth of a Nation premiered at Sundance last year, right, or a year and a half ago. That's what that's that's where it got all the money. From, yeah, yeah, from yeah. Fox Searchlight. Yep. Will we ever have the opportunity? I mean, I'm sure Fox owns the rights to that film, the original version. But the 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 previews and people who have um, uh, written about the movie so far that I saw it before, they haven't been that positive. You think there'll be opportunity that we can actually like see the original? Nah. No, I don't think they're gonna let us do that. I don't think so. I Probably think that's not. why they try smearing Nate Parker's name with you know his uh, rape allegations. And well, I mean, part of it is like, yo, he did the shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, part of it is like something obviously. Whoa, went I'm down. talking about something completely different. I know, but it's like <laughs> well, he, the only reason it really triggered me because he said smear. Yeah, and it's like to me, it's it's kind of hard for me to to sit here and say you're you're smearing somebody's name. They're trying to. They tried if, to. Smear if his you're name. actively bringing up something that happened in the past. Well, she she killed herself this year, right? Yeah, I, but he was found not guilty, wasn't he? Right, but I think I think the more focus was on the fact that she killed herself, and then they 
tracked about like, oh, who was this one? Why is she significant? Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I, that's the only thing. I think if you're, if you're smearing somebody. It's the bloggers. It's these bloggers oh, that have been trying to drag him through. Yeah. But yeah. I think, I just think it's important to state that if you're smearing somebody, I feel like you're stating something that didn't happen or misrepresenting something yeah. that did happen. Like, obviously something happened in that. And just because he was found not guilty doesn't mean that. He didn't do it. Exactly. It's, right. it's, 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 and I don't, I, I'm not trying to sit here and, and vilify him or champion him either way. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to see, I'll go see the movie today. Like, it's not, I don't feel qualms about going to see the movie, but it's really hard to get convicted of sexual assault. It's really difficult to do so. Like, one, like some one in 25 men get uh, convicted of sexual assault when there was actively, when admittedly there was some type of, a, like some type of sexual act that happened, but all I say, I only bring it up because it's like I get I get what you're saying with the timing. Yeah, I'm just saying because they brought it up, and mm-hmm. I don't think Fox is like completely alone in that uh, in pushing what happened with that. I just think, like I said, I don't know what happened. We don't know what happened. We weren't in there in the situation. We just know what we've been told. And I think because that came up, I feel like they don't want us to see. The original version. I don't think they wanted this movie to come out. Period. I, I don't want you to see the original. <laughs> I, bl- I blame it on this larger narrative, and it's it's not a bad thing. But the, there's a larger narrative of, you know, there's a whole like women's rights movement yeah. or a, a, a reburgeoning of the women's rights movement. Where, I mean, it's 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 totally like totally logical, right? It makes sense. But then the focus is on like rapists and how men talk about rape and sexual assault and things right, like that. Right. And this is an example. I think that a lot of more, you know, right wing. People who followed this this train of thought are bringing up. They're like, mm-hmm. "Look at you guys championing guys like Bill Cosby and 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 Nate Parker and celebrating their work when they're in fact rapists." Well, not necessarily. You know, one of these people had you know was found out guilty, and one of these people hadn't even been tried. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a lot of guys are like, you know, I can divorce the 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 work from the action, but at the same time, they just want to be heard, right. and I can. That's understandable. But I think so often it gets lost and, and it becomes, it's like, it's basically like the NFL thing, right? This is your opinion, but you shouldn't be losing friendships over your opinion. And you just got to pay more attention to what's going on in the political sphere. So could you be a friend, could you be friends with somebody that supported Donald Trump? Absolutely. Absolutely. I find it kind of hard personally. Cause you, you probably have friends that support Donald Trump. Right. But, <laughs> but when they openly talk about it, it's, I I distance myself from that shit, and I don't blame them for doing. It. Mm-hmm. I get it from your lifestyle. I get why you would support a Trump guy, but seeing what he represents and how he stands, I can't really fuck with that. But so Eric, I, I, you know, because it's so it's so easy to be caught in this echo chamber of people who agree with you. That I love it when somebody disagrees with me, even if something as as serious. Oh, as I'm the heel thing. of this show. I love it too. You shit. are. You are. I know <laughs> that. It's in my Twitter bio. I love that shit. Absolutely. But uh, you know, it it really sharpens you. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Iron sharpens iron, you know. So if you're a Trump supporter, let's talk about it. I feel you. You know, if you're a Clinton supporter, I would love to engage you on why you why you support her and her policies, things like that. We should have a Trump supporter here. I don't, uh, I don't know anybody that. Oh, you probably support, like you no. Said, I don't know. I, I don't know anybody that openly supports Trump. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my. <laughs> he points out the window. Excuse to the me, neighbors. sir. How you doing today? Would you like to I come on a podcast, podcast called Your Black Friends? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's that's deep though. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. I would have to, if somebody told me that they supported Donald Trump, I would have to seriously ask them some strong questions about like so how do you feel about immigration? How do you feel about minority? Like how 
I would have to. I would have to get the answers to those questions. Like, and speak freely, be real. Dude, my grandma lives in Warren, Michigan. Okay, I was just talking to our neighbors yesterday, and they. I was just asking them, man. I was just like, you know, you guys are going to vote. Because my grandma and I, we went through the ballot together. She she did the early voting. We make sure that she's all straight. So we did early voting. And we went through each thing together. You oh, know, last day to vote. Last day to register to vote in Michigan, October 11th, for those who need to do that still. Excellent. But go ahead. Yeah, no, it's very important. It's good to, good, to, good to put out there. And it's important that you go through each, who's the circuit court judge? Because that's the person that's going to be making... You know, I don't know if this judge was appointed, but the whole Brock, uh, what's his name? Brock, Brock Turner. Brock Turner situation. Mm-hmm. That that judge might have been elected into that position. So that's important that, you know, we have these people that we actually actively can vote for or vote against in these positions of power. So so back to the whole, the whole Trump thing, right? If you have somebody who supports Trump, you just engage them on why they want to support Trump. But then her neighbors, you know, they, they're very just, you know, they... They're very blue collar. This is a blue collar city. Detroit's very blue collar. Warren's very yes. blue collar. And you think about, you know, jobs go abroad. And people who don't understand like more overarching trade policy and what comparative advantages and things like that, they see jobs going overseas and something that's made in China as something that's threatening threatening to their to their life. Right. Right. So that's why it's about being well read and well understanding of the economy and the world at a whole on a on the whole. Right, so if Mexicans are coming here, and you said Mexicans are coming here and they're taking our jobs, well, do you really want to work that job? That's one question you have to ask yourself. Is that a job that you know is really being lost? You know, did the Department of Labor really like take that job from you right. and decide to give it to somebody else? No, you you work on so, you you do something else, and you're good at that. So you do your job, let this person do their job, and then they say all these illegals are coming in here doing illegal stuff. I don't know if that's necessarily true. I don't think there's any statistics. There's no data really to back that. In fact, if you let all these, you know, quote unquote undocumented people have a path to citizenship, that's a lot more tax dollars that's in our pocket as a whole. You know, we have mm-hmm. some candidates who feel very differently about paying taxes. You know, but if you have, one, you know, they say something like 11 million undocumented people in the country. Can you imagine if all those people became taxpayers? Like we're actually like documented citizens and then and we're taxpayers and put into the system right. and things mm-hmm. like that. And then, you know, one of the points, I know you I don't know if you guys saw the vice presidential debates, but you guys definitely saw the presidential debates. And mm-hmm. one of the one of the candidates mentioned infrastructure, mm-hmm. highways, airports. Well, that comes out of tax dollars. If you have eleven million people, that means if you if you collected one dollar and allocated it toward the development of something, it would be a great thing. Just think about that. I met some undocumented students in in, in uh, Southfield a few weeks ago, and they're they're afraid to go to college because they can't get federal funding, but they're really smart students. They have really great grades. So, why would you vote against their interests? Because that's somebody who can come back to Detroit or come back to Southfield and be someone that's proud. That person could run for city council if they become a a, 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 a green card holder or an American citizen. And. You know, you have more international experience than I do, obviously, but I would imagine that somebody who came to this country by choice as opposed to just being born here mm-hmm. would probably have a stronger sense of nationalism or a stronger sense of, like, what it means Patriotism. to be an American. Right, right, right. Respecting our values and, mm-hmm. you know, what you it means, yeah. Like, they, because, I mean, I would imagine people don't come here for fun. Right. I mean, they come here to try to have a better life. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's exactly it. That's that's exactly it. People aren't coming here to do harm to America always. 
sometimes you have an admiration of somebody like this crazy guy in New Jersey, but sometimes you have people who are just like, I want the American dream. Mm -hmm. And Martin's American dream is different from Eric's American dream, which is different from my American dream. And so who am I to deny you that as long as you go about things the right way? And if we set up those... We set up a system that allows that, and you know we're a better country for that. But the more we push people away, the more that we, you know, talk ill of people, and you know, there's bigotry. It's not. It's really not good for the American narrative, and it's very hard to defend that overseas. I know. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> because literally your job. Your job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's about time to wrap this up. We've been going good for talk, quite man. some time. This is this is this has been wonderful. I'm so thankful that you asked me to be on YBF. You thank know, you, thank you for golfing with me the other day. <laughs> no problem. My no, camera was like, I asked him if he wanted to come on because you know it's been, it's been us for the last couple of weeks. And like, yeah, let's get a different voice in here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, man, I was I was gonna ask if I could just come anyway and just watch y'all do it. And I was like, well, you can hop on the mic. Yeah, man, we, we got four of these things. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let's rap. But uh, this is 52. This has been episode 50. <laughs> damn it, two, one, two, nigga. Yo. I don't understand why you got to be so hostile about it. Come on, here. man. <laughs> I'm just saying. Know your show. I mean, we've been doing this for quite some time now. We have. We're in the offensive lineman numbers now. <laughs> 52. 52 weeks. One year. One year was actually 47, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. One The one year was August 7th. Ah. That was when it popped up on my, on this day, on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> it was wow. You go to your on this day, and like nine years ago, you became friends with this person. It's like, damn, that son. Fucking I've had Facebook for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Shout out to Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Send me a check mark. Right, right. <laughs> Verify me, nigga. Like, I'm trying to get verified. I don't understand. You're verified on Twitter, are you not? It says that. What do you mean? Is he really what verified on Twitter? What do you mean? Check, Dude, check my Twitter. What's your Cam Twitter? Cam is a big nigga. Tell here. the people your Twitter. At CamTS. And then hit me on Instagram at CamTS. And then the number seven. Well, I'm telling you, bro. Cam is that nigga, bro. Cam's out here. Like, he's actively a United States diplomat. How many people do you know as a diplomat in the United he States? He's not playing. All day. I'm not a diplomat on this podcast. <laughs> I'm just Cam. Just <laughs> Cam. Killer <laughs> kill Cam. Killer Cam. Was it Killer Cam a diplomat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh no boy! Pink fur. <laughs> no pink fur. Dipset. Yeah, bro. So and I had the bur- you know I had the Burberry Timberlands too. Oh God! <laughs> SpongeBob Jordan. <laughs> we'll leave that for another no day. No pink fur <laughs> coat though, right? No pink fur. All right. <laughs> Thank you for listening to episode fifty-two of Your Black Friends. I'm Martin Weiss, Eric Vincent, and thanks again to Cameron Thomas Shaw for Yo. coming through. Fresh off the Vietnam flight, fitting to go to Honduras to change the world. And somehow found his way to West Bloomfield. Oh, yeah. Home. Happy to be home. He was like, every time I cross 14 miles, I get happy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, can't relate. Right. Not the <laughs> every same time play. I cross 14 miles, I'm like, fuck, that's like a 20 minute I get home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We out. Yeah. Hey, edit this, Marcel. Right, this is the part you want to edit right here. Dance.
tried to change it with my hand I wear my credit card below Thought a new dress would make it better I tried to work it away But that just made me even sadder I tried to keep myself busy Think I make myself dizzy I slept it away I sexed it away I read it away 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 Feel those men 